You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, y'all. This is Josiah Gray, and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat, the first one of 2023. Took our sweet time with the holiday break, but we are back and ready to talk Nationals baseball. I am Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at the Coach Moose. I am joined by my good friend Ryan. You can follow him on Twitter at We Are All Shack. And we are once again joined by a very special friend, best friend of the show, although he has moved on to a different sport. So I don't know if he you know, technically qualifies for that title anymore. We'll have to see, you know, how this episode progresses. But Matt Wyrick is joining us of NBC Sports Washington, now covering the Capitals. Matt, how you doing? I'm good, guys. You know, it's like a it's like a long distance friendship. You know, that doesn't take <laughs> away from the heart of, of what the bond we've created. The love's still there. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we'll always have 2020. And 2021. <laughs> yeah. When was your first interview? When was like the first time you came on? Did you come on during um, the, the title run? I don't know if I did come on because I when started our NBC anniversary Sports watching. Like you're supposed yeah, to remember this. I feel like you guys should know. Like, shouldn't you have some like Excel sheet where you, you put all this stuff down or something? I don't know. You're asking a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to we'll have to do some digging and figure it out. But I know that I've followed Ryan on Twitter since like 2014, so I'm an OG follower in that regard. The oh, man. number one groupie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Back when me as a 15 year old was just screaming into the void on Twitter. <laughs> well, we still do that as you know, 20 something year olds. So you know, <laughs> at least you get paid to do it. <laughs> Oh man. Well, 
you know, it's another national season upcoming. Uh, the last two seasons haven't been anything to write home about unless you want to complain, which there's plenty to complain about. But here we are preparing for a 2023 season. And the Nationals actually have made some moves. You know, to this point, we're recording on January 11th. They've made like six. I think Corey Dickerson was six, like notable signings that seem to be, you know, geared towards the major league roster. Matt, of the, you know, group, you know, Jaime Condelario, Dom Smith, Corey Dickerson, all the other ones. Is there one that stands out to you or is it just kind of like, you know, they're trying to replace some of the fill some of the voids that have uh, occurred over the past couple of years? Yeah, you know, it's it's a lot of bounce back candidates, which is exactly where the Nationals are in the state, their current rebuild and, and the trajectory of their franchise. So these are exactly the type of signings you'd expect them to make at this point. Um, I think that Trevor Williams is probably going to be the best player that they've acquired this offseason. Uh, he fills a really important role for this team, just that they need innings, they need quality innings. He's effectively replacing Eric Fetty in the rotation, which I think is going to be a big upgrade uh, just because Fetty is really coming off of a bad year upon bad year. Uh, so I like the move to get Williams, even though he was kind of a swingman for the Mets. I think that he can give them valuable innings. He's a former all-star uh, I like the potential that he brings, especially on a two-year deal, uh, which is not something the Nationals have handed much out of uh, the last few years. And I, I did like the Dom Smith move as well, you know, not coming off a, a pretty bad season and one that he didn't even hit a single home run. But, uh, you know, from 2019, 2020, he was a pretty quality hitter, you know, more than just a, a league average hitter, but really uh, 366 OBP between those two seasons, you know, was hitting for some pop. Uh, I like him at first base. So I, I thought that was a good move by Mike Rizzo to bring him in at a position where, you know, they really could have used an upgrade, really could have used a bigger bat, especially with Luke Voigt, uh, you know, getting the ax. Yeah. So I don't like the Dom Smith move. Um, we're going <laughs> to, we, we differ there, but I do like the Trevor Williams. Are you concerned that they want 30 starts out of him? Or do you think he's up for the task going from 89 innings last year, haven't pitched over 90 innings in four years? Are you concerned about that? Or do you think he's up for it? I mean, it's certainly something where he's going to have to make a sizable jump. Uh, being that he is on the veteran side, he's 31 years old, still in his prime, but not you know a, a young player. I think his arm could be more built for it than maybe throwing a 25-year-old into a similar situation. Uh, you know, he's thrown 170 plus innings before. So there is at least some precedent there that his arm has been able to hold up in those situations. Um, I, I think that, you know, it, it's a gamble for sure. Uh, but where the Nationals were in terms of their spending uh, restrictions, uh, self-imposed spending restrictions, uh, you know, that was kind of the, the caliber of pitcher that they had to get. And I thought that they did well, you know, within those parameters and getting Trevor Williams. I think that he was about as good of a pitcher as you could have get uh, with that, you know, salary in mind. Yeah, I mean, hope. Oh, sorry, Nick. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say that's a good point uh, about Williams. But go ahead, Ryan. It was your question. Don't want to step on your toes. I'm not joking. I was going to say that was a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. We are so in sync. Do we even need Matt? <laughs> yeah, I'll just love up. triangle. <laughs> it's um, like it's like no time has passed. Really, it just it truly is incredible. So sticking. <laughs> Sticking on the moves that the Nats have made, uh, they said they wanted a power bat for the outfield, and they did the opposite in signing Corey Dickerson. 
Um, my favorite part about Corey Dickerson signing is that their team war projection went down because of it. <laughs> that's always that's always a good a good uh, a good sign. You know, he's coming off of a zero war, hundred WRC plus season. What type of platoon do you think we're going to get in left field with Dickerson? Is it going to be him and Call? Is it going to be him and Garrett? Or is he going to be more of sitting back and letting those two get most of the starts? I mean, I, I don't think that they brought him in to sit on the bench, especially considering, you know, his defense has waned in the last couple of years. He's he's probably a guy that they're bringing in uh, to be a veteran hitter, a veteran voice, but also somebody who can hit righties. Uh, as you mentioned, there is probably going to be some kind of platoon situation call and Stone Garrett, both being right handed hitters. Uh, you know, it, it kind of made sense to bring in a lefty. I, I'm with you. It's not the power bat that I think this lineup needed. Uh, you know, I tweeted out the other day that there really isn't anybody who's kind of threatening to hit 20 home runs this year. I mean, Joey Manessis is the obvious candidate and Lane Thomas came kind of close. He had 17 last year, but uh, you know, if, if either of those guys are, are hitting 20 home runs, I think they're also candidates to be traded. So, you know, that's something certainly to keep an eye on as well. Um, but I think that Dickerson's probably going to get some solid playing time. Now, everything with this nationals team is fluid and especially in the outfield, there's just no real set positions uh, across the board and anybody who proves to be a reliable hitter for an extended amount of time is going to get some run. And if we see Corey Dickerson put together a bounce back year, which he's 33, so it's, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Certainly he's kind of towards the tail end of his career now, but he's been traded each of the last two years. So there are other teams out there that have found Dickerson to be valuable and traded for him at the deadline. And I'm sure that's something that the nationals would like to do uh, if he can turn things around this year. At least they learned from last year and didn't sign a 41-year-old to trade. Um, shocker that nobody wanted him at the deadline. Although he did just sign today, so what the hell do I know? Um, One million, though. One million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it was the, they were going to like ask him to coach. <laughs> like I, That's what I fully expected. Did, did I read <laughs> that he's the GM of the Dominican team in the World Baseball Classic? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's something. He's either on the staff or like the the GM. I don't know if he's making lineups or I don't know what moves you know or trades you can make. Uh, I mean, that team know, is as a GM. Stacked, so clearly, uh, yeah, does he even need to do anything? Yeah, I was, was going to say he's he assembled <laughs> the Avengers. That team is absolutely <laughs> loaded. <laughs> that lineup is just it's downright scary. Yeah, it is. Uh, but you know, going back to the Dickerson and even the Dom Smith signings, I don't like either of them in a vacuum. I thought there are better options, um, you know, for a left-handed bat, both, you know, at a first base DH role and in the outfield, David Peralta being one of them. Um, but I do like those signings, you know, when you take a step back and look at the whole picture, mainly because I was deathly afraid that Matt Adams would eventually be this team's like everyday first baseman or DH or something and adding lefties to the major league roster kind of lessens that likelihood. So very happy in that regard that we're not just like <laughs> recycling yet another uh, flash and pan. Although Matt Adams was very good the last time he was here, if we're being honest, but anyways, that's not the point I was trying to make, but, you know, when you're looking at all of these moves, like you said, you know, you're hoping that they contribute. You can hopefully flip them at the deadline. So I kind of just wanted to go through them um, one by one and ask kind of both of you just to quick grades on all, on all these moves and kind of your thoughts on the likelihood you would get something for them at the deadline. So we'll start, you know, at the beginning, Jaime Candelario. 
grade do you think he gets traded? So, so these grades, they're in context of a rebuilding team. Uh, I'm going to preface that right off yeah, the bat. Absolutely. You know, us finding Heimer Candelario, Jamer, how, I haven't figured out how to say it, uh, to be your starting third baseman in a vacuum is not necessarily a great move. But I think with the Nationals and the state where they are and having no you know, ready third baseman to kind of take the, the spot, I think that, you know, it's a solid C plus move. It's exactly the type of move, like we said, that they should be making. So uh, I think he is, I'm going to go with, he's not traded is my prediction uh, just because I'm not convinced he is going to bounce back. Uh, He had a a really atrocious year last year. And if, even if he does take a bit of a step forward from that, I'm not convinced it's going to be super valuable. Um, But I I still like the swing uh, for the nationals. Most of the guys the Nats signed had atrocious 2022 <laughs> seasons. If we're being honest, Ryan, what's your thoughts? Um, yeah, I I like the move, but I'm in the same park as you, Matt. I don't think he's traded. Um, I think if he does bounce back, the Nats are going to think they have something here and hold on to him and not sign. Well, there's only two good hitters. They have a no shot of signing Machado. So I'm going to stop talking about that. But if he bounces back, the Nats won't trade him and think they have something there and he won't do anything next year. So I think not a very good shot that he's traded. Yeah, I I think that's fair. And if we're being honest, they don't really have anyone else to play at third base. The left side Um, of the infield. Not even going to (laughs) dive. into that conversation (laughs) but like the left side of the infield and it's something we can kind of dive into here in a bit like it's very shallow even in the farm system like you know the guys that you're hoping can take over like a Brady house is what four or five years away so you know that's something to keep an eye on and house has a lot of issues right and so you're hoping one Abrams is the answer but he's still only 22, so who knows? And then, obviously, you have Condelario and Vargas is, you know, your, your backup, which is fine. But it is something to keep an eye on. If guys go down or guys have to perform, <laughs> that left side of the infield is, is in trouble. Um, next one, Stone Garrett, relatively unknown, but signed the same day as Condelario back in November. So this was relatively early on in free agency. He, he was identified as a guy, you know, the Nats wanted. What's your thoughts on Stone Garrett? I'm going to, I'm going to give it a B uh, because it's a no risk move. Uh, They have a ton of team control of him now. Uh, You know, only 27 games last year, but you know, hit really well, a couple of home runs there. And and you look up uh, on Twitter, Stone Garrett D-backs, you'll find a lot of fans who were pretty sad uh, when he was let go. They really liked what they saw from him. And uh, I think that he's somebody who Nationals fans could come to, to appreciate quickly uh, maybe, you know, these are the type of moves. You know, I see it with, with the Capitals right now. You know, they're signing guys for 750K who all of a sudden are playing on the top line with Alex Ovechkin. Like, those are the types of moves that you need to make and, and hit on in order to turn your organization around. You can't just rely on the big names, the, the you know, K. Bear Ruiz's, the Josiah Gray's, the whatevers. You know, you need guys like this to hit on. And I think that this was a move for the Nationals, uh, like kind of like Thad Ward bringing him in on the Rule 5 pick. Those are the kinds of moves that you hope to hit on and, and really accelerate your rebuild. Agreed. Agreed. I right. bold bold prediction. I know it's not our bold prediction episode. You guys ready for this? I'm um, born ready. I don't think you're ready. Bold prediction. Stone Garrett leads his teams in home runs in 2023. Wow, I love it. It's bold, but not really because look at the lineup. Don't have six. That's mainly where it's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> and Stone Garrett, 30 home run guy in the minors. 
Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. 30 he's, homer guy. He's got pop. Yes. Uh, Matt, Matt kind of hit things on the head. There's no shot in hell this guy's traded. 27 years old. If he yeah. hits or even shows any bit of hope, you know there's you, hope there and going to hold on to him and hope they can get something. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think the guy projects to be a star or everything, but if you can get a league average player out of him, that's a massive win and something this organization really, really, really needs. And I like the move. This was actually my favorite move of the offseason. Yeah, I'll honestly, until 2029. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, me too. Um, Matt just mentioned him. Thad Ward obviously was drafted uh, via the Rule 5 draft. But first overall, again, clearly a guy the Nationals targeted. What's your thoughts on Thad Ward? I assume he's not going to be traded, but just thoughts on the, uh, on the pick in general. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I mean, when you have the number one Rule 5 pick, you kind of have your choice of all the guys that were – just close enough to be 40 man players, but didn't get put on. And, you know, I like the move going for, for a Tommy John guy. I know that's kind of Mike Rizzo's MO, but, you know, really impressed last year in, in coming back uh, from the injury, you know, only, only a couple of outings in double a, but he made it to the Arizona fall league pitch well there as well. So uh, I, I like the move a lot. I think that he's got a lot of potential. He's got an interesting pitch mix, kind of like an Anibal Sanchez type that throws a lot at you, a lot of it's junk. So it, it's always interesting when it's a younger guy, who has that kind of mix and not like a, you know, 38 year old journeyman. Uh, this is, <laughs> this is what he's trying to make his bread and butter on. And I think it's going to be fun to watch. Amen. Um, Sam Dykstra, former half street guest did a article about what dry, like rule five picks are going to stick. And he was the only one and most likely to stick. I think Nats are going to try to use him as a long reliever. He could make a couple spot starts, but I think they're going to realize that he's got great upside of just a one inning guy. And I think he'll be pretty good. Not talking dominant, but if he has a mid three, four ZRA come out of the bullpen, picking up in the rule five draft, that's a pretty good win. And I'm excited because this stuff plays pretty well. Oh yeah. I, I didn't yeah. get it a uh, grade. So I'll give it an A minus. I like it. Uh, we will circle back to the bullpen here in a bit. Cause uh, there is kind of a, uh, question i want to end on with uh with you guys about the bullpen um next obviously we talked about a little bit it probably is the quote-unquote best or you know in the eyes of fans or the general consensus best move for the nets and that's trevor williams just quick grade on trevor williams and we didn't mention that off the top but it's the first multi-year deal that nats have given out in three years do you think he's traded or is he going to be around for 2024 in your mind i'm going to give it an a um like we talked about before, just within their spending budget, I think it was a great move. Uh, the, the type of pitcher, the pedigree that he has, the experience that he has. Um, uh, I think he brings a lot to this this organization, and I'm excited to see it. Uh, I don't think he's traded. The fact that he was given a multi-year deal, I think, speaks volumes when the Nationals aren't really just handing those out. Uh, it, it's clear that they see him as a potential answer, not just this year, but next year. And, and maybe, you know, they take a step forward and he get, does get pushed to the bullpen at some point, but you know, if he can come up, be above and beyond and stick in the rotation, I think that's all a win for the Nationals. And I, I even if he does have a fantastic year, I don't see them trading him just to, you know, continue building their rotation because they need those veteran innings for sure. Yeah, they they need those innings big time. Um, 
kind of crazy next year's 2024, but I don't think he gets traded. Nats really, really need someone to eat up innings. Their ace is Patrick Corbin, who can't go more than three innings. They're going to be rotating a lot of young guys in and out of this rotation, trying to figure out what they have. The bullpen is going to be worked. So even no matter how well he's pitching this year, even if there's he's their one all-star selection, I don't think he's traded this year because they need, need those innings to be eaten up next year. I think there's a good likelihood, but right now there's like a non-zero chance that that man's traded. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I guess it technically is a free agent acquisition because they didn't resign him right after the season, but one under the radar one with all the you know other moves they've been making, Erasmo Ramirez was signed to a one-year deal. He was their pitcher of the year in 2023. So I assume you know, this is going to get good grades from both of you. I, I like the move as well, but just thoughts on that deal. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it an A as well. Uh, one year, 1 million uh, for a guy who had a sub three ERA last year and a whip right around one. I mean, he doesn't strike out a lot of guys. He doesn't overpower you with heat, but certainly uh, he proved to be a, a really valuable setup man uh, for the Nationals last year. And, you know, we talk, talk about moves, low risk moves that, that pan out. Uh, you know, this is one of them that really panned out for the Nationals last year. They bring him in uh, on a non-guaranteed contract. Uh, he comes out of, of spring training, you know, pitching really well, maybe goes down to AAA a little bit, but finishes the year with the team. And I thought had a great season. So this was a no-brainer for me if he was willing to come back. Yeah, the E-man, the e uh, great deal. <laughs> Again, no risk, all reward. If he struggles, who cares? It's one year, million dollars. If he's good, you got a piece. Maybe they can ship him off at the deadline for a body. But I really like it. If he regresses, don't really care. I like him. I think he has good stuff, and I'm glad he's back. Yep, agreed. Uh, another one that was a big deal, you know, at least in my mind, when it happened, but with the holidays and, you know, the timing of it and what's happened since, kind of forgotten about a little bit, but Dieter Downs, DFA'd by the Red Sox, former top 50 prospect, Nats claim him. This is going to be a little bit of a different question because I, I do think we all agree we love that the Nats took a chance on Jeter Downs and, you know, he still is upside. He's still young. But what's your, you know, thought process with how they handle Jeter Downs? Because in my mind, he was very, very rushed by the Red Sox. He didn't pan out right away, so they just kind of gave up on him. Do you leave him in the minors for a year, maybe two years? Or is he someone you think the Nats might need at some point in 2023? I mean, I definitely sent him to AAA to start the year. I mean, he he struggled in AAA. Like, that's where the struggles started to crop up. It wasn't just that, you know, he, he's been able to rake in the in the minors, and then when he got to the major leagues, nothing comes together, you know, a.k.a. Carter Keboom. Downs really struggled when he got to the AAA level. So, you know, you have to think that a change of scenery for him just in general uh, could could benefit him. But I would not rush him by any means. Give him a chance to get his footing in Rochester and and see what he can do. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, agreed wholeheartedly. He was fine in double A, but the second he faced triple A, he forgot how to hit a baseball. This man could not hit water if he fell out of a boat. All of his offensive ability just completely disappeared, but he's 24. Let him set. Put him in the minors, see if he can figure it out. He had a, when he hit 190 in the minor leagues last year across all levels, um, not good. His defense was absolutely atrocious when he was up. I don't know if he had the yips. I don't know if just COVID and the year off threw him off, but let that man get situated. Keep him down AAA this year. I don't want to see him up at all. Let him figure it out. And hopefully it's just the yips because I don't, I don't know what went wrong with him and just hopefully he figures it out. Yeah. I, I was shocked when the Red Sox called him up and even more shocked when they decided to DFA him. Uh, hopefully they didn't, see something you know cause for concern and they were just being a little too impatient with all the kind of head scratching decisions boston has made over the past couple of years <laughs> um going back to some of the major league signings uh finishing off with the last two dom smith talked about it a little bit thoughts as a whole and do you think he gets traded yeah i'll, I'll give it a, a b minus uh it's a low risk deal one one year two million dollars um, but I think that he's a big candidate to bounce back with the banning of the shift. Uh, he's a guy who, who pulls the ball a ton, who also hits up the middle a ton uh, and is a ground ball hitter, you know, much more than he does hit uh, line drives or fly balls. It's, it tends to be on the ground. So I think that he's a good candidate to bounce back. Uh, he's going to get the run for the playing time with the nationals. You know, health is definitely a question with him. He's, he has struggled to stay on the field throughout his career. And that's, part of the reason why Pete Alonzo was able to pass him in the organizational uh, depth chart was Dom Smith was given the reins over him originally early on in their careers. And then Smith got hurt. Alonzo came in and ran away with the job. Uh, so that's definitely a big question mark for him, but if he can stay healthy, I do like his chances uh, of doing well with the nationals and, and given his name has some pedigree around the league, I will say he is traded uh, by the deadline. That is a bold take. <laughs> That's a very bold take. Um, yeah, I don't like the move. I'm embarrassed the fact that Dom Smith's on my baseball team. Hope he proves me wrong. Probably won't. 394 straight ABs without a home run. Embarrassing. I I mean, basically, we all have the same number of home runs as him over that span. <laughs> Just not not a fan of it. I guess it's fine. Put uh, Joey Minnesota at DH. He's not much of a uh, first baseman either. I don't know, man. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even have words for this i don't like the move he may be the guy that i hate for absolutely no reason that's that's all I got. it's 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 early it's early it, it is early look he's a lot, lot of research to be done before that that announcement there, there's a lot of research the line just went out today he is the early heavy favorite more money will come in those lines will shift i don't like him i don't like the move hopefully he proves me wrong and i do hope he's traded so he's off my team sorry dom I just right now you're the pick and I just, I just gotta be a dick about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and then the last one, the one that happened yesterday, 
uh, on the day we're recording this, but two days ago, uh, if you're listening to this or on release day, Corey Dickerson uh, presumably signed to be the starting left fielder and then Lane Thomas to right, I would assume. Who knows? Uh, thoughts on the Corey Dickerson deal? Uh, I'm going to give this one a D. Um, I've it maybe a couple of years ago, this would have maybe elicited a better grade from me. I think that Dickerson has had a very fine career, uh, but he really just hasn't been that guy the last couple of years has not been hitting for power. His defense has waned. Uh, I just am not sure I see him, you know, bouncing back from anything better than an OPS plus of 100, uh, you know, in a nationals uniform this season. So I'm going to go ahead and say he's not traded by the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, I just, I didn't get it. Like it doesn't really matter because what the team's at right now. I didn't get the deal. They went after a lefty. Now they have four lefty outfielders, but whatever. I digress. The bat is starting to struggle. He's hitting for contact, but his one strength was hitting for power. He can't do that anymore. He's not plugging the gaps like he used to. The defense is starting to weigh. I hope he bounces back, but like he was the definition of the replacement level player last year. Hope he bounces back. But right now, he just looks like a guy who's taking ABs from someone that they could see if he has anything in them, like Stone Garrett. But I don't know. I, I give it a D. I don't really understand the move. I would go on with, like, Adam Duvall. At least Duvall yep. hit 40 home runs not that long ago. But he's here. It's not in the world. I don't like it. I don't think he'll put enough production to be traded. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, I didn't mind it, but there were so many better options. Like, at least Dom Smith is, like, 27, 28. Like, there's you know, at least a possibility he could improve. Corey Dickerson is, you know, at the tail end of his career, like Matt said. So uh, is, he way home? is Dom Smith really 27? He is. Yeah. He's yeah, interesting. Age 28 age. season, I think. Interesting. Huh? The, the, yeah, odds, Corey... the odds are shifting on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Among players uh, projected to be on the Nats 26 man roster by, uh, roster resource on fan graphs the only player older than Corey dickerson is paolo espino so that's uh, who's, who's actually serviceable yeah yeah so we'll see how you know obviously the Corey dickerson and all the other signings shake out but how the roster shakes out as well because you know someone could really impress in spring training and all of these deals are one year very cheap so if you release them it's not really you know, the end of the world, especially with how this team projects to be. But on the flip side of the Corey Dickerson deal, I wanted to talk about this, you know, in regards to the bullpen. Uh, they DFA'd Andres Machado, which normally I wouldn't really care about, but he was one of the better relievers last year. He had a 3-5-4, ERA in 2021, a 3-3-4 ERA last year. Uh, Andrew Golden of The Post uh, pointed out, or made the point on Twitter, he – Machado ended last year going 17 straight scoreless appearances. So it just kind of was confusing to me. Did you guys have any thoughts or takeaways on them deciding to DFA someone like Machado over someone like Corey Abbott? Yeah, I guess when you put it that way, it, it is a bit of a head scratcher of Corey Abbott. I mean, they like his ability to start games and, and that really might've been the difference. Machado is never a pitcher who, really impressed me i mean his his fifth it was a four five one last year so you know you apparently his defense was helping him out to produce some of those numbers doesn't strike out many guys is a bit of an inflated walk rate gives up some home runs so i, I was okay with it uh i don't think that it was necessarily a bad move but um you know 
I think that Corey Abbott was certainly a viable candidate as well, kind of on that roster bubble. Yeah, yeah. Davey, Davey loved the guy. Like Davey loved <laughs> yeah, that was also yeah. why <laughs> loved going to him, but I don't know, everyone in the Nats DFA clears waivers, but like there's a good chance he does also. But also a lot of his advanced metrics kind of said, you know, regression was coming and he was getting a little lucky when he was pitching out there. I don't have an issue with it. If it was one of like, I don't know, the younger relievers they have, I have an issue with it. But yeah, I was completely fine with the DFA. I don't think he has a future here long-term anyways. So if he's clean, that's fine. I don't think he'll be clean anyways. So it's all fine, Ian, to me. And if, yeah, if at all. This, just a quick assessment here. The, the only player that we had to talk with Davey about the new rule about optioning players back and forth um, on the limit that you could do it in the one season, Machado was the only player that we had to talk to him about that and, and see if that was something they were considering. Uh, if that goes to show just kind of how the organization felt about him. He was kind of on the bubble of the roster all year. Yeah, makes sense. It was just kind of confusing, I guess. You know, just if you're going off performance, he had, what, 80-something games over the past two years with a mid-three ERA. I know the advanced metrics kind of paint a different picture, but it's like if you get a, a serviceable player, get something for them <laughs> and don't DFA them, but, you know. Who knows? Maybe they like someone like Hunter Harvey a little bit better, who was solid last year as well. Um, all right. So just to wrap this up, because Matt has to actually go work for a living, you know, with the Capitals. I mean, how dare he? Um, we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire. OK, so thinking about the 2023 season and Matt, I'm sure we'll talk again before the opening day. But thinking about the 2023 season. All right. I'm going to ask you guys best player worst player or most disappointing however you want to you know think about it most underrated who takes the biggest leap and who your favorite prospect is all right so we'll start with best player who do you think the Nats best player is in 2023 I'm going to say that their MVP of the 2023 season is Joey Manessis I'm, I'm afraid to say <laughs> any of those prospects I know I'm not putting myself out there much, but I did really like what we saw from Manessis down the stretch last year. He looked like a guy who belonged uh, and, and, and acted like it too. And I think that, you know, he's going to carry that over into 2023 and probably be the most exciting hitter in the middle of their lineup. Uh, my most excited going prospect, Mackenzie Gore. I think he has ace potential. Let's see if the Nats can, you know, figure that one out. Damn. Uh, mine was Mackenzie Gore as well, so that's a little bit of a buzzkill, but at least Ryan and I agree. Um, also, a little bit of breaking news Dodgers is traded for Miguel Rojas, so incoming, wow. you know, gold glove, God, he's gonna slugger. Have a four war. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> annoyed, yeah. So, you know, who needs Correa or Bogarts or any of the other guys they were attached to? They're just gonna trade for a guy and make him just as good as ever. Um, all right, worst player in 2023. You can do it relative to expectations or Dom just Smith. The worst player. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Patrick Corbin in that he does not step forward at all and is continues to be the Patrick Corbin of the last three years. Safe bet. Um, all right, most underrated. Uh, you know, someone who you wouldn't expect to be a contributor, but can contribute or will contribute. Who do you think? Luis Garcia. I think that he finally starts to get like comfortable that. defensively uh, and, and starts to show some of that power that he had showed at AAA last year. Well, I was going to say Luis Garcia, so I'm going to mix it up and go Alex Call. 
I think he surprises people. He played somewhat well. Every metric said that just wasn't even close to sustainable. But I think he surprises people and does moderately well this year. Yeah, I'm rising on Luis Garcia as well. Um, but I will go Stone Garrett just because I, I he's like the, o- the only one with like real upside in the power department. So uh, I'm just kind of trying to manifest it. All right, who do you think takes the biggest leap? It could be a prospect. It could be someone you know, on the major league roster, who do you think takes the biggest leap in 2023? I'll say Mackenzie Gore. I'll I'll jump on that train with you guys. I do think that just him going out there and pitching a hundred plus innings is going to be a huge win for this organization. And I think he'll be good over those hundred innings. So I'll say Gore. Love it. Um, I'm going gray. I think, damn it. His his fastball becomes only moderately bad, not the worst fastball in baseball. And we see huge strides with him. Literally my pick, my reasoning right there, Josiah Gray. Um, all right, favorite prospect entering 2023? James Wood. The guy has an electric skill set. Um, he made me feel short, which is very hard to do. Uh, and he, he just has so much potential, both defensively and offensively. I love his game. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he develops. Yep, I'm going James Wood as well. He is a top five prospect in baseball right now. He will be the number one prospect in no time. And when people look back on the Nationals trade of Juan Soto, he will be the reason why people don't think it's atrocious return. Yeah, speaking of atrocious returns, uh, the trade for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, considering they've DFA'd two of those pro- prospects already. Um, I am cheating, and I'm going to go Chase Dollander. Uh, he currently pitches for Tennessee. Um, yeah, trying to manifest he, that as filthy. well for the 2023 draft. Uh, what's his face from LSU? Cruz. Very solid. Wouldn't be, you know, the end of the world if we got him, but I, I need Chase Dollander in a Nats uniform, so I'm cheating. That's my pick. All right, final question. Win-loss projection for the Nats in 2023. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say they lose 103 games. So what is that? Four-game improvement. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am also on the train that the Nats got better. They win 57 games and lose 105. Hey, two-game improvement. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Making uh, big strides out here. Yeah, I'll, I'll say 60. I think it's going to be a big deal this team wins 60 games. So 60 and what is that? 92? <laughs> Eight, 102? So 102? Good. Yeah, that's true. It's probably going to be a lower than that. All right, that does it for this episode. We'll be back next week. We're going to be starting our top 10 positional player rankings, or not positional players, but by position. That series starts next week, and uh, it will be on YouTube as well. And you should be go already on uh, our YouTube at Half Street High Heat and subscribe, Trey, putting out great contact multiple times a week. Uh, but Matt, thank you for joining us. We'll have you on. Uh, again before opening day um, I'm sorry the Nationals aren't more exciting but I don't blame you for jumping ship appreciate it guys we'll definitely get together <laughs> go right. go cover your playoff team yeah <laughs> go have fun covering your team I'm clutching my pearls over here <laughs> alright guys talk to you later there's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac a new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents the Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you later let's
By the early light of dawn, well, you can see they're running scared. Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air. Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look. Cause we're putting curly W's in every book. Let's go. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.